Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I have just an incredible treat for you here today on The Kelly Roach Show. I have with me here Christina Mandlakiani, and she is the co-founder of Mind Valley. And we are going to explore today really finding that center of truth in your relationship with yourself and becoming who you are and then how the relationship and the world and everything that you see around you follows. Right. So Christina, before we dive into that, could you just give a little bit of like your story, like share a little bit about who are you? What is your story? You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I was um, recently interviewed um, and uh, the question was, can you talk about yourself without telling who you actually are? <laughs> Which I found super, super fun question. But um, it, to, to give my story, I would say that I was, uh, you know, my background is unusual. I was born in a country which doesn't exist anymore. So pretty much everything which uh, is the case about me right now uh, was a little bit improbable and unlikely. I was born in Soviet Union and um, that's a country where uh, entrepreneurship was illegal and uh, personal growth was actually frowned upon because it was very pragmatic and uh, logic-based country and somehow yeah. personal growth just wasn't the thing. So now I'm a co-founder, so I'm in business, in, a, uh, in business, which is actually um, teaching uh, personal growth and education, uh, sorry, and transformation. So I, I like to say that uh, my, my story is uh, very unlikely. I ended up where I was not supposed to end up. Uh, that's in a nutshell. If you want to go deeper, of course, I can I can share something more. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to go deeper. So, I mean, you grew up in a country that no longer exists. You grew up in a space where doing what you ended up doing, and it's not just any company that you founded in personal development and education. I mean, it's the world renowned, you know, most hailed company in personal development, Mind Valley. You know, this is not, this is not a little, uh, you know, this is not a little online course or, or a baby startup, right? This, this is massive. Um, but I, I really want to know about that transition point for you of when you decided to step into pursuing this and creating this business based on this background that you had and based on the fact that this was not accepted, this was not, you know, the way that you were uh, brought into the world. Like, where was that pivot? Where was that calling where you were like, no, this is what I need to do? You know, I, I'm afraid my answer might be a little disappointing because the thing is that uh, I still like to say that I ended up where I am by accident, although, of course, uh, it's not completely by accident. I guess the difference is that when I was uh, considerably younger, I was also considerably braver and I trusted my heart a little more. Uh, you know, it's when, when we're young, we not only are um, idealistic and brave, but actually we have faith in the future. So I started my career traditionally like uh, I was supposed to start uh, since childhood, I wanted to, I, I'm ambitious, so I wanted to be a diplomat. It seemed like a good thing, traveling the world. And, you know, in Soviet Union, you couldn't travel the world unless you were a diplomat. So uh, I started in, uh, in um, government, and then I got married with vision. 
And that was his passion. And I used to say until pretty much until today, I used to say that uh, Mind Valley is essentially his uh, child, his baby. He's the mama of the company. Uh, I'm more of a supportive person in the whole process. That's why I, I, I tend to call myself co-founder. Uh, but the thing is that, you know, it, it's my personal journey to start accepting the fact that uh, the supportive role is also the role. And my role in Mind Valley was different. If was the visionary and is the visionary and he is the one who was passionate and still is passionate about personal growth and all the authors and and all the hacking and whatnot then I was more um, passionate about I guess um, just the thing that we were doing that this is our yes. thing and supporting him and not just supporting but being okay with uh, with all everything being invested back into business and all the time and effort and money and everything uh, I didn't mind really uh, living a very simple lifestyle despite us being uh, building a big business so I guess it was all part of the game which which uh, is my personal journey to come to to accept as an important part of the game. Uh, so my role in in the business has always been more of a supportive role, uh, more in the background. But I've always been there, and it's not my uh, vision per se. I I had nothing better to do because I moved uh, I moved to New York from Estonia. I had I gave up my career, and I, I simply had nothing better to do than, than help vision with his business that's how I ended up there but of course over years uh, it rubbed off me and now now it is as much a part of my my identity and my life as uh, as it is of his um but it, it wasn't a conscious choice yeah. unfortunately yeah. no that's okay everyone ends up where they're meant to be and being you know myself I run a company and my husband supports me right he's not mm-hmm. in the business with me but he is my biggest supporter that supporting role is absolutely crucial. You can't underestimate the importance of being the confidant of the person that has that vision because without having a support system, without having that person by your side, it makes it very difficult to go through all the seasons, right? So you're very much like downplaying your role in it, but I actually think it's, it's a super crucial one. I, you know, I agree, and uh, to be honest, I, I, of course, I was uh, officially working with Mind Valley from day one. It's just that, um, it's just that I, I haven't been in the limelight. But you know, it's interesting not to toot my own horn, but I like to say that uh, it's easy to believe in Mind Valley now that it's so big. It was a different story when we were starting, and I yeah. guess that, that's the thing. Uh, but um, as a lot of ambitious people, because I am ambitious in different areas. Yeah. Yes, in, in Mind Valley, I always have been okay with, with being in the back uh, of the stage and not, not being in the limelight. But the thing is that uh, a lot of the times, we ambitious people, we while we can accept other people's um, contribution to our achievements. I, I've had a team um, running a Russian side of the business and I've always saw, I've always seen their value and, and was grateful to them for, for being there, for doing the work. But when it comes to myself... You know, if you are used to being the leader, then you just, it's just sometimes so hard to appreciate yourself as uh, a second in command or as not even a second in command, but what you said, you know, confidant at home. Uh, and and that has been my personal um, 
journey with with yeah. accepting my role in Mind Valley. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the early days, right? We know what Mind Valley is today. I'm interested in what were the early days of that journey like? Because just like you said, it's easy to believe in it when it's this huge company. It's obviously there's proof of concept all around the world. Great. But what about when it was like an idea? What about when it was the early stages? What about when you weren't known? Like, talk to me a little bit about that part of the journey. It wasn't the same company as what it is now. No, because we um, didn't start it as uh, with a with a business plan to take over the world or anything. So uh, actually, the the beginning was very simple um, mm-hmm. and of course it was something which Vision loved to do but it wasn't um, it, it wasn't the main thing in in, in our lives Vision was working uh, somewhere else um, and and he started this this site just to to uh, to find people to fill his meditation classes, <laughs> literally. Wow. But then it, it grew from there and it evolved and in the very beginning so just just to understand my my uh, attitude to that, I have to come back to the fact that I was born in Soviet Union, where uh, business was punishable by law. If you try to do business, you'd end up in jail because that was just illegal. So for me, um, being in business, I never had good examples of business because after Soviet Union collapsed, all I saw was all those, you know, um, right. splitting the turf and then the mafia and the, the underworld as well. So for me, being in a clean, uh, neat, uh, pretty, uh, tiny family business was a miracle. That's, but that's my experience. Of course, Vision's journey is a little bit different. And, uh, and I always uh, saw it as, as something super beautiful. It grew, it evolved, it had changed. It was initially just a small site uh, dedicated to meditation, to one topic. And then uh, when we hit on a, a cool marketing strategy, uh, Vision started helping other authors. And then uh, we were a marketing company for a while. Then we evolved into being a publisher for a while. And then after that we evolved into being actually an educational institution. I like to call it a university because it's the easiest analogy to see, but it was evolution. It wasn't something where uh, 18 years ago we sat down and and, and drew a university on a napkin. That's not the case. A lot of things changed. So it was an evolution and I think it evolved not just with us and with our growth, but it also evolved with our team and uh, I've seen our, uh, we've had so many people go through the team, but uh, every time there was a, a, a crucial part of the team as somebody, they would actually uh, leave their mark. And uh, and that um, what we have right now is a little bit uh, due to every single person who has been in the team and also due to all the authors that we have worked with and all the uh, audience. So how I see it right now is that it's it's um, an entity. Mind Valley is an entity which yeah. has life of, of, of its own. It's like AI. You might create it, but eventually it will learn to live its own life. Yeah. So that's how I see it uh, right now. It's it's a long evolution, and for me, it has always been a beautiful thing. Mostly because I've never had a, I've never seen anything like that in my uh, life, and that was part of it. So part that's of my life. Yeah, that's fascinating. So talk to me a little bit about this idea you kind of mentioned about, you know, healing yourself, working from the inside out and then kind of bringing that into the world. 
that's a that's a different story, <laughs> a completely different story. Uh, I my my relationship with Mind Valley has been um, in waves. Uh, in the very early days, I was the first employee, and I did a lot of uh, funny things. So as before we started, I told you I don't. I'm one of those entrepreneurs who doesn't like to know all the little details about the yeah. business. But that wasn't the case in the very beginning. I drew the first logo. I made sure, sure we incorporated all yeah. of the stuff, and uh, it, it's been on and off. And uh, at some point in the journey, um, I actually uh, decided to reinvent myself. So while I'm still uh, a co-founder and entrepreneur at heart, um, I think I'm an author more than anything. Author, and I I call myself an everyday life philosopher. But that's a result of midlife crisis. (laughs) I was 40 when I suddenly decided that I have to, uh, I have to reevaluate my life and, um, and, uh, and occasionally, uh, that means that you give up something which you love and which you've been doing for a long time and which you're good at and invent yourself from scratch. So I was a business person and a marketer for, for about 15, 16 years by then. Uh, and now I'm, a uh, I'm a noob again, <laughs> a student of being a teacher, <laughs> and uh, that that was uh, that was because um, I guess I grew out of uh, out of what I was doing, and I wanted something new, and uh, and um, in the in the basis of that story is uh, is. Um, realization that uh, I'm not 100% uh, honest with myself. So that's that's such a deep story. I don't know if we, if, if, we, if we want to even start digging into that, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain to you. <laughs> I came once to the office and um, my friend said, oh, hey, Christine, I missed you. And without skipping a beat, I said, yeah, I missed me too. And then for a moment, I, I slowed down and I thought, what did I just say? Did I say I missed me? What an interesting thing, because I, it was, uh, I was about 40 then. Uh, and um, my life was uh, superficially very uh, good, Instagrammable. I had a business, uh, a husband, children, um, traveled the world and did, did what I love to do. And yeah. I, I did it well. But somehow I was missing someone, <laughs> and that someone was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's uh, pretty much where it started. I started just asking myself questions: What's wrong? Why why am I not content? Why do I feel that something is not right uh, when everything is so good and perfect? And I ticked all the boxes and I achieved what I was supposed to achieve. So that that actually what's what started the process, and it's it was a long longish process with. Uh, its ups and downs. And as the result, uh, I slammed the door on business and I said, I'm taking a sabbatical. And a few months later, I came back and I realized that uh, I'm I'm not going to run business. I'm not going to do marketing. I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm back. I'm back in Mind Valley, but in a different uh, in a different role. Yeah, uh, yeah I think I think reinventing yourself, reinvention. Uh, I feel like there's seasons of life, right? And, you know, I think it's it's rare that if you keep growing as a person, why wouldn't you want to evolve what you're doing and, and step into a new season, right? It's, uh, I feel like... 
maybe it, sometimes it can have a negative connotation, like it was a midlife crisis, but maybe it wasn't a midlife crisis. Maybe it was just you kept growing and you were ready to evolve into something completely new and an elevated version of yourself that shows up in a different way and does different things, right? Well, I I don't actually mind making fun of myself. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess... Uh, the, the more important thing is that um, is that is that sometimes we we go full steam ahead towards goals, thinking that that is what we want, without even slowing down to ask ourselves what I do really want. Maybe yeah. I could have been on this journey earlier. Maybe I could have, yeah. and, and maybe if I had started on this journey earlier, it would have been less turbulent. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's because we uh, we. Uh, push away the decisions, the hard decisions that uh, later when we finally can't, uh, can't ignore them, we end up, we end up um, actually wrecking the whole thing rather than just yeah. adjusting our course a little bit. So it's, it's a little, um, probably a little more, more dramatic than just uh, reinventing my, my um, career. Uh, a lot of things uh, changed. I, I did end up uh, separating. I'm, I'm not uh, married anymore. Uh, and uh, I did end up changing the country, which actually has more to do with, with the pandemic than with, with my midlife crisis. But a lot of things changed. And sometimes I, I look back, at, it was just maybe three, four years ago, and it was a completely different life. So it's, um, it's a little... Um, more probably than just reinventing the thing the thing is that um the the, the thing is that uh, we often equate success to happiness mm-hmm. and then when we go in that direction and we achieve all our goals and we don't feel as content as uh, we imagine that's that's mm-hmm. when we start wondering what what is wrong with me and i think a lot of us do that we we have those goals we are so set upon and then when we reach them mm-hmm. we realize that what you're feeling is not what you thought you would be feeling mm-hmm. uh, and I guess that's that's where I'm <laughs> trying to, to steer it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy and appreciate that perspective for sure. So out of going through this journey for yourself, what would be the things that you would want to share with the listeners about kind of the realizations that you had or that you're still having now. Um, I love what you just shared about like really questioning the goals and equating success to happiness, right? Because I think that's like a Western thing um, in a lot of ways that doesn't always serve us, right? Because we're, Mm -hmm. we're mapping success to achievement, right? versus presence and fulfillment many times, but what would be maybe a couple of the the things that you would want to share just in closing as far as takeaways from going through this transformation and this journey for yourself? So, uh, you know, if, we, if we're talking about success and happiness, I, I probably I will just stick to that, uh, that little bit. The thing is that, um, you know, I, I don't mind uh, considering success in purely monetary and measurable terms, because this is what we're used to. And no matter what, uh, what we want to put in the, into that word, but generally, if you're talking about success, that's what people understand. And yeah. I think it's, it's, okay to give uh, success such a narrow meaning. Uh, 
sometimes when we say that, oh, I'm successful because I, uh, because I have, let's say, I don't know, health and and uh, and fulfillment and whatnot, but that's a substitute of a definition. You mm-hmm. might be fulfilled, and fulfillment in itself is good. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't need to substitute success with fulfillment. You might be happy, and that's also good. And you don't need to substitute success with happiness. Success, yeah. if it is in a very narrow term, it's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Let success be success. Let it be career success. Let it be, you know, a big bank account. It's it's fine. It's valid. Uh, but research shows that, um, you know, your level of success, and you don't even need research, actually, just look around. Your level of success is not a good predictor of your level of happiness, obviously. Uh, and uh, if that wasn't the case, pretty much everybody who has uh, who has made a career and earned a lot of money would be very successful. Yet we see even very accomplished world-class people uh, killing themselves, which is like probably the, the ultimate um, expression of, uh, of not being happy, of not being yeah. satisfied. Uh, research shows that, it's, uh, that there is a causality, but it goes the wrong way. <laughs> not the wrong way, the other way, not, yes. not the expected way. You need to be happy for you to be able to reach success. It's not the way, not the other way around. Uh, No, the question is that uh, success comes from the realm of the logic, whereas happiness comes from the realm of the heart very often. And uh, most of us, sooner or later in our life, have to make this choice between success or happiness. Because uh, what society considers success might be against uh, what is our natural inclination, which, which would make us happy. Very simple examples would be, if you are fine, uh, if you're choosing what to study, and let's say if you're into art, I studied in art school. I didn't choose to be an artist. Uh, in my case, probably because I didn't consider myself talented enough. But a lot of people, let's say, if a, if a man is interested in music, his parents are very likely going to say that's not a good career choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, better study law or or in a yes. business or programming or whatever yes. something which will give you a good job and a good salary. Yes. So we are actually trained to choose success over our natural inclinations, whether right. it's happiness or fulfillment or whatever you want to call it. Um, if it's for a woman, the choice is even worse because for a woman to be successful, you kind of have to have a career nowadays in the 21st century. But also traditionally, a woman without a family is not a considered a success, no matter. So if, if uh, you were Marie Curie and you had a choice between chemistry and and, uh, and starting a family, and you chose science. Mm-hmm. By the uh, definition of society, you wouldn't be considered a success as a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of us, very often, not very often, but at least once in our life, we have that choice between uh, success and the classical meaning of that word right. versus our personal inclination, or yeah. what I call your, your, you know, your happiness or the, whatever your your heart says. There, there was even that meme uh, just a few years ago. Don't follow your heart; it's bad advice. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's that's so horrible that we would yeah. even say that. But we we are um, indoctrinated yeah. to trust the logic and to trust the measurable things. So yeah. sometimes when we have that choice, you really think: Do I follow my heart? Do I make a, a leap of faith? Mm-hmm. Because there is no guarantee, you know, following your heart because you want to be happy versus following something which the whole society defines as success. It seems like a much more uh, stable and, and guaranteed choice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't become a musician. How many musicians are earning a lot of money? Become a doctor. You have better chances of hang, having a good salary. Right. So right. that's because it's ingrained in us. We, we often subconsciously, no matter what we say, but we lean towards logic, towards uh, society's definition of success, towards something which maybe maybe is not really what will make us happy. But the thing is that we are also trained that success requires sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So the first sacrifice that you bring on the altar of your success is your own happiness. Mm-hmm and what your heart wants. Yeah. And you think that's the way the, the life works. That's why people like me who have perfect, perfect life with all the boxes checked at the age of 40 suddenly discover that, no, but that's not what I wanted actually. Right, right. No, that, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. It's, it's so poignant, everything that you shared. And it really gives everyone pause for thinking about, you know, what choices we're making consciously or even unconsciously, right? Because sometimes not even uh, that layer of depth of thought goes into it, right? Because it's just the assumptions of society and the way that we, uh, you know, show up. So um, for, for people to learn more and to dig more into this, you know, what do you have that people can read or, or listen to or watch or, you know, consume? Like, you know, for people that are listening to this and like, yeah, I want to go deeper. How do they do that with you? Uh, so I, I'm most present on my own Instagram account, uh, and uh, that's that's where you'll you'll see most of me. Uh, it's just me posting. I don't have I, I don't let my team do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, What's your handle? What's your Instagram handle? It's Christina Mann, but it's Christina in an Estonian way with a K M A N D is my okay. family name. Uh, so just Christina Mann. Of course, I'm on uh, Mind Valley. This is uh, yes. also my baby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, of uh, you're the second person in the world I'm going to um, voice it to, but I just finished the manuscript of my book. Wow, <laughs> so, congratulations. How okay. good does that feel? It's, it's, um, it's the f- first draft, so there, there are things that need to be uh, fin- uh, finalized and, and, and polished a little bit, and I need yeah. to add some references and research uh, some parts a little bit deeper but but generally it's it's there so um that that will be i i, I think the the process of publishing will take quite quite a bit of time but um yeah that will be my main um thing <laughs> yeah oh my gosh well congratulations it's a huge undertaking and we will all be rooting for you and can't wait to read it when it's done and when it's out in the world i'm sure you're going to inspire so many people to uh make that move you know do the thing that is in here right not just the thing that's up here but the thing that's in here um so thank you christina thank you for a great conversation thank you for the great work that you're doing in the world and best of luck with the manuscript we'll be following along on instagram thank you so much for having me for sure for sure all right guys thanks so much for tuning in make sure you follow christina and you can listen and learn more about her great work on instagram and if this episode was meaningful for you share it with a friend. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks everybody. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week. We'll see you next time.